Welcome to The Everyday Salon, a podcast about the everyday challenges, triumphs, and best practices of growing a successful salon business. And speaking of challenges, your host Brandon Hensley and his wife Janet have seen their fair share as they own and operate the multi-location tangerine salons in Dallas, Texas. Be sure to subscribe as each episode explores topics designed to inspire creativity and educate on best practices for a thriving business. We are excited that you've joined us, so let's get started with today's podcast. Take it away, Brandon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Everyday Salon podcast. We have a special edition today because Mr. Brandon is on a well-deserved vacation. So myself, Lauren, and Adrian. Hello. (laughs) Who is our education... creative director do we have like a title for you no not at all yeah a a little bit of everything we keep it fluid yeah Yeah, it's good (laughs) and she's been on the podcast before but we wanted to jump on here and talk a little about redos today all about them all about them because they are hot and heavy right now yes it's post-covid redos are a different kind of redo they are they are they are color corrections and redos people are pretty unhappy with their their life right now I know. And they're trying to solve it with their hair. They are. Which is crazy. But, you know, we're here for it because yeah. the tickets are great unless they're unhappy. So something we've really discovered post-COVID is people want a transformation and they are not patient about it. No. Money no. is also They want it right then. An right object. Now. Yeah. <laughs> so they want it right then. They want it as cheap as possible, as quickly as possible with your least experienced stylist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not always the recipe for success. No, not at all. And in tangerine history, we are extremely generous with our redos. Yes. So in my 15 years of being here, if you didn't like your hair, it's almost like a guaranteed we're going to fix it. We're going to give you your money back. Yes. And that's something that after COVID we couldn't quite do because appointments were a dime a dozen at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't like your hair, we couldn't get you back in for months anyway. But also the expectations of coming in with six inch roots were unrealistic. Yes. So we'll back up a little bit. So let's tell me from a stylist perspective, what our redo policy was pre-COVID. Um, I think we, what we gave them a two week, uh, grace period. If mm-hmm. they didn't like it within the two weeks, they can come back and get a redo either with that stylist or whoever's available. If they're, if they wanted to go to somebody else. Um, and we just, I guess, try to fix it. Yeah. Know? Honestly, just try yeah. to make it right. Yeah, try to make it right. Try to make them happy. Keep them coming back to the salon. Um, do you feel like there was a success rate with keeping people coming back to the salon after their redo? I think if they came back to the stylist who initially did it, Mm -hmm. I think that was them trying to build that trust back with that stylist so that they would stay. Now, if they picked another stylist, sometimes that was it. Right. They go to a different stylist, get it fixed. And then we didn't see them. Yeah. It was just like, thank you for your time and see you later. But then you have those people who want redos all the time right and they do come keep coming back yeah (laughs) and we do find and I don't want to just like say it's Karen's it's not just people complaining truly people are searching for their confidence through their hair and so sometimes it's a self-confidence thing in themselves and nothing we do is going to make that right but occasionally that extra love and support and just the offer to come back in can make them feel better even if the desired result is not achievable because they don't even know what the desired result is. And I think if you're the person doing the redo, you have to kind of remember that about that. Not, not every redo is like that, but have to remember that and almost be compassionate enough to like talk them through it and tell them it looks good and, you know, really get down to what it is that is bothering them. Sometimes it doesn't work. They just don't like the stylus. 
it may not be their hair. They just didn't feel good with their stylist. Well, and that's a good point too. So where in communication with your guests, do you feel like a redo happens? Do you really feel like it's the technique or do you feel like it leans more on that like consultation? Oh, the consultation. Yeah. A hundred percent. Right. Always. And I tell new assistants or new stylists, if you don't have a good consultation, you will have a redo. A hundred percent of the time. Yeah. And what's your tip for a strong consultation? Like what do you always include? I always include a picture, mm-hmm. multiple pictures. Um, I always talk about what they don't like about their previous, like they'll always say, I didn't like my ha- last hair. Well, what is it that you didn't like? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to know what you love. Tell me what you don't like. So I don't do that. Right. But what don't you like? Um, what's bothering you about it right now? What are you looking for? Um, but always a picture, always a communication. And if you still don't have a clear image, and I, I usually tell a lot of people this as well, is my consultation doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. I will continue trying to search for what it is that they're trying to say to me. Because they can't say, I look at this picture and it's ashy. And I'm like, well, that's warm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> So you don't like warm, but you're showing me warm, right? So kind of just showing them the differences. And I think we made a, like, a little swatch on mm-hmm. that as well. Like, these are warms, these are cools, these are neutrals, whatever. Um, but thorough consultation, ask as many questions as possible. And something in consultations too, and I can say this because I am one of the worst clients that we could have. Like if I didn't work here, I feel like I wouldn't be one of those guests that puts like a little asterisk next to her name because every other time she doesn't like her hair because I say I want change, but I don't actually want no, change. No. <laughs> I want to grow it out for eight weeks. And I'm like, no, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you're going to need to come every six weeks or even every four. So for me, when I look at a picture, I am not looking at the things you guys are. So from a guest perspective, I'll find a picture of a bob and I absolutely love it. And you'll ask me, well, what do you like about it? I'm like, what well, makes her neck look really long? You're like, no, her neck is really long yeah. your neck is not that long it's not no amount of me cutting your hair it's gonna make you look like that and so bringing it back down to reality in a way where you're not offending them but like what you're actually looking for in this picture is not a result we can do with hair yes you know? yes and being honest you mm-hmm. have to be honest like people want that really strong bob where it has like a really hard corner in the front really sleek one length and they have bangs and a bunch of face framing and you're like well you're missing all of this to give it that strong look and if you're up front with them from the beginning then you know then they understand like okay and you have to reiterate like I tell them that from the beginning I tell them that when I cut it I tell them that when I blow dry it and then when they're done I say okay we need to grow this out so we can get that strong Absolutely. Right. So you have to say it multiple times and for set people those to really expectations understand. really mm-hmm. realistically. And we have an awesome stylist, Marshall, who we've talked about a few times, and we should have him on the podcast someday because he helped us with the panel we did last week. We had our first in uh, like live education class. We invited all of the stylists to attend. It was a cutting class, but beforehand we did a panel with our mentor level stylist. Right. And uh, Marshall's insight is just so. He's just like a magical person. Like yeah. really. He's, That's his personality. He is yeah. very mm-hmm. sparkly. The way he presents himself, but just the way he talks in general is so positive and optimistic, even if it's complaining, yeah. you know, and somehow yeah. it's endearing mm-hmm. the whole time. So anywho, he has a saying where it's under promise and overachieve. Yes. So he never sets any expectation for a guest that they are going to walk out looking exactly like that picture. And if they do, he pats himself on the back, but he can't set himself up for failure. No. Not at all. And it's something I noticed maybe the younger stylists now, newer to the floor, have a hard time setting realistic expectations because I think they almost think if they don't promise it, the guest is not going to have confidence in their skill level. Yes. And they're not going to come back and, you know, they failed them or for whatever reason. 100%. And so something 
you help us a lot with and your position in the mentorship and then helping with the younger level stylist is supporting my conversations with them about redos because I'm coming from a support level. So I'm saying this is what the guest is telling me. Now you tell me what happened. So I let, you know, each stylist have their opportunity to be like, this was what she asked for. This is what I tried to do. Like if it didn't get there, this is what I feel like I can do to make it better. But sometimes I'm met with, nope, I did everything I could. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if the guest is being real unrealistic, you have to say it. Like I think I recently heard someone say she wanted vivid colors, but she wanted it to be natural and be able to do it herself eventually. Right. And I'm like, well, you have to have that conversation repeatedly with that person Mm -hmm. through the whole entire service for them to quite understand that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And w- something that specific guest almost triggered this podcast no. <laughs> <laughs> because we had the most insane incident and we're getting ahead of ourselves. But one of the reasons we wanted to talk about the podcast or this on the podcast was because we're really evolving our redo policy. And once upon a time when we were building the company and really, you know, reviews were everything and Yelps were everything, we wanted to steer away from any upset guests. So do anything to make it right and get them to take that review down. But what we're really learning about that, it was we've now set the standard where you can come in with unrealistic expectations. And if you don't like it, we'll redo it for free. Right. And we had that very vividly (laughs) for Mm -hmm. this guest. So she came in and her hair honestly looked like a Halloween wig. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was black at the top. It was white at the bottom. It was stringy. She doesn't blow dry it. She home colors it. She's never had it done in a salon. And she wanted an orange. She wanted an ombre from pink to orange. And then she wanted to be able to retouch the pink on her own at home. No. Right. So that is not a realistic expectation. And the stylist she chose to go with was brand new to the floor, less than a year's worth of experience. Um, and a Saturday, she had about three hours to do this and she actually knocked it out of the park. The after result was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now it rinsed out after she washed it in hot water and went swimming that weekend and didn't use professional products. And so the guest was upset, but those are expectations you have to set when that guest yes. is in your chair. So I took back to the stylist that you did an amazing job, but you didn't set up realistic expectations for maintenance going forward, how to take care of what you did. And you actually achieved kind of the impossible. But the last thing she did that she didn't do was have her sign a waiver. Yes. And so we started this recently. We just recently started waivers and waivers used to be for straight chemical services, maybe a perm on colored hair, a keratin treatment on top of another keratin treatment, things like that. Things you're just when you're breaking the rules and you're really not supposed to do was what we used our waivers for. And I would say like six months ago, we made a very general waiver where if a service is going to take more than one service to complete the desired result, we're encouraging every stylist to encourage this waiver. Okay. And so, so that's to support you guys. And make and so sh- that they know they're paying the following time. That they exactly. Come. And that this is not something I can do in one day. Nobody can, not just right. me. It's just not something we can do. And then also talk a little bit about the pricing. So this is going to take two $300 services to get you looking the way that you want to. And then eventually the maintenance after that will be less expensive, but to get you where you need to be set up that X, Y, and Z and protect yourself with that waiver that that conversation happened. Right. So in the past, we didn't have these waivers. We would kind of take the side of the guests. Like, you know, you're right. If you didn't have that expectation, the stylist should have set that with you and we'll honor and do it for free. Well, now that we have this level of support, we're kind of pushing back on these conversations differently than we used to before. Are you seeing more new clients redos and and not like existing 
Yeah. You know, we are so busy right now and we're blessed to be that busy, but we have a lot of existing guests that are seeing new stylists. So they couldn't get in with their regular person. So they're seeing a protege or somebody that started with us within the year and they're not having that same experience, whether that's the same service experience or the same technical experience. It's, we're not meeting that expectation. Those I don't really quantify as redos. Those are just, you know, guests that aren't satisfied with their visit. Redos are literally like, I asked to be platinum blonde. I'm not platinum blonde right now or I'm orange or I have this bleed mark, you know, things that were in our control that we can like invite them back in to have fixed. Okay. And is our timeframe still the same considering how busy we are? Because we were doing a two week redo policy. Right. I am seeing, okay, it was last month she was here. I know. So we (laughs) ran into that last week too. So we had a guest who was here at the beginning of June, didn't like her hair, called us, but the soonest we could get her in was this past weekend. So that's four weeks of grow out. Whereas she wasn't super satisfied the first time. So is that a true redo? Is it a discount on the service? Do we get creative with it? But it's our fault. It took us so long to get her back in. So I think we went ahead and honored it for that time and just kind of let her know we'll get you in more quickly. So I want, I'm not a hundred percent on the details of what that guest didn't love about their hair, but yeah, it is important too that if your policy is two weeks that you work your hardest to get them in, in that window so that you're not making it harder on yourself to actually achieve that redo. Do we see that a lot of, um, uh, guests want to see the stylist that they had prior or is it just a matter of getting in? And, you know, that's a red flag for me, too. If the guest doesn't want to see yes. their original stylist, that says something different than I just don't like my hair. It's I didn't like my experience. Yes. So those we we kind of weigh those a little bit as well. Different. And in previous podcasts, and I encourage everybody to go listen to the one about feedback that Brandon and I did a few months ago, where we talk a little bit about how we get guest feedback, we actively seek out guest feedback. So the second they leave the salon and pay for their ticket, they receive a text message that invites them to email Brandon if he has, if they have any complaints, anything they want to talk about. And sometimes this is just a shout out. Hey, loved my stylist. Salon's beautiful. But sometimes it's like, yeah, something was kind of weird. Can you give me a call and we can sit and talk about it? We actively seek out feedback to make the experience better. Um, But in that, you're going to find that you also seek out people that are going to try to maybe take advantage of that experience too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of um, also what I'm seeing and maybe stylists are tired they're working a lot we are super busy they are they are going through the same thing that um a lot of clients have gone through recently with the covid and being home and you know this that and the other the unknown um maybe lack of compassion as well Mm -hmm. from from the stylist which i hate to say but that's kind of where i'm seeing some things like some things could have been prevented had we kind of reeled the glass back in Mm -hmm. just a little bit better there um I think for the past year, we've given a pass on being patient. And Mm -hmm. I think we really prided ourselves on our patients pre-COVID. And we would deal with, you know, I don't want to dog our guests. Our guests are wonderful. But occasionally you have that guest that every other appointment, they want it for free or a discount or something's not absolutely perfect. And we used to be really patient with that. You know, come back in. Well, more than happy to look at it, do a deep conditioner, blow dry it for you, show you how to style, you know, all the the quick little fixes. But post-COVID, we have had zero patience. Like we were just happy to be here in our hazmat Mm -hmm. suits doing Mm -hmm. hair, you know. And so (laughs) at one point in time, we weren't even bubbles. Yes, we weren't even blow drying. So the patience went away and it's been a little difficult to bring it back. I'll be honest. So that compassion, but maybe even the passion for the job in general. Yes. Isn't quite there. I remember having a guest who would constantly get reduced and she came in and would want it light 
and then she wanted to redo to go darker, and then she wanted to redo to go darker again, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then she'd come back and get a service to go lighter, and then she'd call back and want to go darker, and then want to go darker again, and she would do this consistently mm-hmm. all the time. But and we were so patient with her. We were. We did eventually have to kind of say, let's find a new salon yeah, for you. It's time to part <laughs> ways. You know, we can't keep, yeah. keep doing and this I, with you. And that is something we're doing a little quicker than we used to do. Or okay. guests that are disrespectful to the stylist, I feel like, not that we like stood up for the guests and not the stylist, but there were ways that we approached it that now we're just kind of being like, you know what? They are doing a lot. They're dealing with a lot. If this isn't the home for you, we can help you find a different salon home. And I do that. I send recommendations over email of local salons that I think they should try oh, out. Oh, yeah. That's good. 100%. I'm like, I will help I you find your next salon. I, I will help you. Yeah. It, <laughs> we are, we're kind of the worst though. Janet is Brandon's wife. She's also a stylist behind the chair and she is the most compassionate, patient human being on planet earth, truly. And so she knows if there is a disgruntled guest, we know we could put her in Janet's chair and they are a Janet client for life. Yes. Yes. And she can win over the meanest beast and make them literally her clients for life. And it's a talent that she has. It's one that she is now trying to instill in every single younger stylist that's coming through as that's not something that they all have. Um, but like our first solution for every upset gets is like, well, let's see if Janet likes them. Yes. <laughs> I listen. And you know what her thing is, is that she lets them talk. Mm-hmm. She does ask the questions, but she really just lets them talk. And people think the conversation always goes well because they're the ones talking. Mm-hmm. I always, you know, so she does let them talk. She does listen to them. She does show them. She does pull out pictures. Um, but she is definitely somebody who you can probably put anybody in her chair and she will win them over. And if she doesn't like something, she's very upfront about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, this needs to be fixed. Next time, let's do this. You know, and that's what I've learned recently. Like, oh, I'm really not feeling this highlight. Right. Let me let you live with it for about a week. When you can have time, come back in. I will take care of this. This isn't what I'm happy with. Yes. And I think that's important too as a stylist. Don't do it and be like, oh, I hope she doesn't see it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Well, and that speaks to the open the door for feedback. Yes. So we open it at the end of their appointment, but you as a stylist, part of your consultation and part of your finish out can be, if there's anything I can tweak for you, don't hesitate to let me know. Yes. And open that door so that they don't go immediately and write a review or they don't just never come back. Like, okay, well, she said if I didn't like anything I should call, I should give her a call and mm-hmm. let her know my bang isn't short enough or the blonde isn't blonde enough. Sometimes it is really simple. It's a bleed mark that you guys didn't catch. Yes. It's an area of the head. We didn't realize they were going to care if it had that foil in that area or not. And they take, what, 30, 45 minutes to remedy, and you have that client for life. So yes. asking for the feedback is important. But then from our point of view as you know leaders and as managers in the salon, taking feedback is super, super important. And so sometimes we get a stubborn stylist who really does believe that they did everything they could and there was nothing they could do better. I always ask every stylist, okay, but what did we learn? After I told you their point of view, what did we learn that we could have done better? Like if you had to pick anything, what would you do different this time? And literally make them say something they would do different because we can't look at every situation as I did everything I could buy. It's like, yes. no, no, no. Next time I'm going to approach it like this to avoid the conversation I'm having. Right. Sometimes that answer is a waiver. Yeah. I'll make sure they sign a waiver if it's going to take two applications. I'm going to pull up more pictures of warm blonde hair to make sure they wanted that honey blonde and not that ashy blonde. And so just whatever detail it could be, you know, I don't think it's you didn't do your job. It's what could we add to your job next time to avoid the situation that we're in right right now. So you have to have a really good pre consultation in the beginning and you have to have a consultation basically at the end. This is what you need to do um, at home. Mm -hmm. This is what you need to do. If something's wrong and you need to fix it, you know, 
kind of having those conversations with our guests. I like basically I say throughout the whole thing. Yes. What are you using? What do you use to shampoo? And I don't want to know, like I've said this before, I don't want to know the name or the brand. I can care less. What is it for? Right. Why did you choose it? Mm-hmm. What was the reason behind it? And then I can find something comparable with the Veda to help make sure your color lasts because our color works with our shampoos. Right. You know what I mean? Our color mm-hmm. doesn't work with Garnier Fructis or <laughs> And did you pick Garnier because it was the free sample in yeah. the mail this yeah. week? Or like, why, <laughs> why are we picking that? We got some smell good stuff mm-hmm. here. You know? Especially <laughs> if you're paying Adrian level prices for your hair color, you do no. not want to go home and wash no, it down the drain with $4 shampoo. <laughs> and that, but that's all important to say too. And something we're noticing younger stylists is they do budget for their guests. They decide what they can afford before ever talking to them about it. Oh, if they're seeing me or if they chose a lower level, that means they're not going to buy a professional grade shampoo. Yes. Don't make that no. decision for no. the guest. No. You tell the guest exactly what they need to protect all the work you just did, and you let them make the decision up front if they can afford no. it or not. And that's a part of the consultation, mm-hmm. 100% of the time. Home care and maintenance, for Home sure. Home care, maintenance. Um, I mean... A big thing too, and something that we're realizing with our redos we were so afraid of was bad reviews, and whether that's reviews on... Yelp reviews on Google reviews on Facebook. We didn't want for that scathing review to show up. I asked for this. They couldn't give it to me because there's a whole nother side of the story where, of course, we could have given it to them, but X, Y, and Z, right? So what we're doing right now is a huge push across the company and we're calling it Club 1000. And it's basically looking for 1,000 Google reviews. We want 1,000 five-star Google reviews. And that's to outweigh your one-off client that didn't love her pink hair that she can't touch up at home by herself. And when those show up on there, it gets drowned out with your actual shout-out clients, your clients that love you and have had successful, wonderful appointments for many years with us. Those are going to shine through. And those bad ones, we don't have to be as afraid of. Mm -hmm. And it's really empowered us. I felt very powerful this past week to not shy away from being honest with a guest about their expectations but also about what we can return that promise with. Right. How does, um, if you know this, um, when you pull up a review, how does someone become more relevant than another person because I, of how many reviews I want to say on Google, it's how many reviews they've left before. So okay. Yelp actually rates its own users um, in a tier system. And so each time you leave a review, you move up in tier, which means your review is more visible. Google's is a little bit less obvious because you don't have to write anything to leave a Google review. Whereas in Yelp, you do, I believe, have to leave some sort of comment in the comment section. So I don't know if Google ranks it by how many businesses they leave, comments. We can look into that. I have Shay here. She's just not on the microphone, kind of like making faces at me. So we'll look in to kind of see what makes them more visible. But Google is what comes up when you use Google Maps to search Mm -hmm. a business. Your star rating comes up with your business. Right. On their way there, they can see how you're rated before they've ever walked through the door. And it's important to us that that looks good, but it's also important to us that we are actively seeking those reviews out. Reviews don't happen by default for any reason other than you're upset. Yes. No happy person is like, let me jump on Google and tell them how happy I am right now. You know, there's a thousand other places they'll do it, but not usually on a Google platform. So to weed out the bad, we're pumping up the good. So like to kind of recap, the clients... um, reach out to y'all either mm-hmm. calling y'all personally or emailing so in our net to catch redos is very wide so we have the opportunity for that text message after their appointment which they can email or respond to the text they can also call the reservation center where they'll be greeted by a very nice guest service person which will try to help them if they cannot help them at that guest service level they escalate it to management Okay. And then one of y'all reaches out to them. Yes. So we have um, a form that our guest service 
fills out whenever they talk to anybody that's not satisfied with the service and wants to come in for a redo. If they solve in their phone call conversation and nobody has to intervene, they go ahead and put that in the form. But if they need management to intervene, they also put that in the form. So there's a communication system which gets mailed to mailed (laughs) snail mail put a stamp on it get it out there gets emailed to all of the leadership team and then we just tag it with the location that they're over so sometimes Brandon will send it to a specific person sometimes we'll send it to that location to you know handle on site and then how are y'all choosing who that redo goes to are we doing like personality who's best at this who has time I mean at this point it's who has time (laughs) to do it I love to put them back with the original stylist because the last thing I want to do is move credit around you know I you worked your you worked hard on that guest and I want you to be able to either fix it on your own learn from that mistake not lose out on credit so a lot of the times I'll go back to the original be like so-and-so isn't super happy do you want to stay an hour late tonight and make that up to them usually the answer is yes now if the guest if the guest themselves doesn't want to come back in with that original service provider we approach it a little bit differently I look for somebody with a little bit more experience not okay. a protege yeah <laughs> not okay. somebody new to the floor to do a redo a little more experience somebody I know that's great with customer service and our mentor crew is really really great and is always honestly willing to put a redo on for a different service provider on their okay. books. And then do we follow up with this client or are we just kind of like, okay, they're Usually, happy. They're gone, I think it depends done. on like how we communicated with them to begin with. If okay. I was doing this through email, I always send an email the day after their appointment. Like how was everything? If it's handled on site, usually it's handled with the particular person that they're talking to. Okay. Yeah. Anything else about redos? I mean, I could probably go on for days, but I won't. Um, but anywho, Brandon will be back next week to talk to us a little bit more. Um, and yeah, if this is your first time listening, I ask you to subscribe. I was told to ask you to subscribe. There's a little button below. <laughs> There's a little button below. Oh, we talk a, we talk about <laughs> a lot of fun things, but it is basically a way for us to just form a community with other salons and it's something that we weren't really able to network during COVID and we've developed a really neat network through the podcast. We also have an Instagram. It's at Tangerine Salon Pro where the podcast is linked, but we also post a lot of tips and tricks for stylists or newbies to the industry, um, contests, fun things like that. Um, If you want to rate us on Apple Podcasts, you can review us and just give us a five star. You don't have to leave a comment or anything. Just a five star will do. Um, But yeah, give us a shout out to Brandon too if you enjoyed listening to this because maybe he can just retire as the host. And we can do this forever. And go on vacation (laughs) for life. So anywho, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Thank you. We are so happy that you joined us for this episode. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Check out the show notes, links, and more at theeverydaysalon.com. We can't wait to chat with you again next time on The Everyday Salon.